Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck. To hear the good news through grunts and with grunts, in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 32 Happy are those whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Happy are those to whom the Lord imputes no iniquity, and whose spirit there is no deceit. While I kept silence, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not hide my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all who are faithful offer prayer to you. At a time of distress, the rush of mighty waters shall not reach them. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with glad cries of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Do not be like a horse or mule without understanding whose temper must be curbed with bit and bridle, else it will not stay near you. Many are the torments of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds those who trust in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy all you upright in heart. Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. Now the man knew his wife Eve, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have produced a man with the help of the Lord. Next she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a tiller of the ground. In the course of time Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel for his part brought the firstlings of his flock, their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you so angry, and why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is lurking at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must master it. Cain said to his brother Abel, Let us go out into the field. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is your brother Abel? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it will no longer yield to you its, its strength. You will be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Today you have driven me away from the soil, and I shall be hidden from your face. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth, and anyone who meets me will kill me. Then the Lord said to him, Not so. Whoever kills Cain will suffer a sevenfold vengeance. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, so that no one who came upon him would kill him. When Cain went away from the presence of the Lord, he settled in the land of Nod, 
east of Eden. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14 through chapter 5 verse 10. Since then we have a great priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who in every respect has been tested as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Every high priest chosen from among mortals is put in charge of things pertaining to God on their behalf, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He is able to deal gently with the ignorant and wayward, since he himself is subject to weakness. And because of this, he must offer sacrifice for his own sins as well as for those of the people. And one does not presume to take this honor, but takes it only when called by God, just as Aaron was. So also Christ did not glorify himself in becoming a high priest, but was appointed by the one who said to him, You are my son, today I have begotten you. As he also says in another place, You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And having been made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obeyed him. Having been designated by God a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. morning and welcome to the first Tuesday of Lent. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from the Appalachian Abbey in Knoxville, Maryland. Uh, the um, podcast yesterday, um, I didn't upload one because I've hit a bit of a snafu with the timing and the dates of some of the co-hosts. Um, so the, and I realized I had misplaced one of the readings that was for yesterday, and I didn't want to, like, reflect on the same readings, basically. Um, but this morning we have a really, um, just crucial uh, reading from Genesis after, uh, reading Psalm 32, Genesis 4, and the, the murder of Abel, um, and then we also have, uh, a lengthy reading from Hebrews 4, which is also really interesting. Um, but in Genesis 4, um, I know, um, that so for, Cain uh, is the first person who murders another person. And the story is really um, interesting because part of it is just kind of trapped in time. If if we believe that the story has meaning and is meant as a story, you got to think, like, on the one hand, Cain does something great in wanting to sacrifice something that belongs to him uh, or a certain amount of something that belongs to him and give it to God. Like, there's no prompting. Um, he's uh, he, he's thought of it himself, and he gives it to God, whatever it was. And then Abel, his little brother, copies him. Maybe, maybe he sees it, maybe he doesn't. But he brings God a, an offering second, and Abel brings um, firstlings and fat portions of his flock, and uh, Cain has brought a portion of his of his harvest, and. What's really important to notice is that it's not what the sacrifice is. Um, as uh, as a shepherd, uh, 
Abel was giving a lot more. Uh, it, was, it was almost like the, the, the widow's mite. Like it may have appeared one way, but the fact is he gave a whole lot more of what he had. And Cain gave, he gave, which is good, um, but there wasn't as much risk attached to it. And that's because shepherds rely on their flocks for food. Without food, of course, you die. Um, and uh, farmers do as well, but crops regrow. Um, the 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 kind of I was going to say conventional wisdom, but I don't know if that's if that's right. Um, shepherds and pastoral people are wanderers already; they have to follow their flocks. Um, but it's it's again, it's not specifically what it was that was given, even though that's kind of interesting. It's the kind of person that it is that brings the sacrifice. So listen closely as Cain is enters the world. His mom says, I have given birth to a man with the help of the Lord. And that's a pretty, pretty baller thing to say. And then, oh, and Abel's born too. From the outset, Cain has inherited a set of circumstances that predispose him to arrogance. Cain uh, is the eldest. He's probably going to inherit um, the, the family's wealth. And he's kind of takes for granted that he's been given shit on a silver platter. Um, his parents appear, it appears as though his parents are pretty enamored with Cain, as they should be. And nobody's ever given birth before. Eve survives, Cain survives. And then, oh, the second one. The, what was his name again? Oh, yeah, Abel. Abel's name in Hebrew means but a breath or a vanity, something that's fleeting. And that's both foreshadowing because he's going to get killed, but that's also an indication of the kind of person Abel um, is to become. He's, um, he's humble. He doesn't expect anything. He's unable to take anything for granted because he has so little. He's been given so little. And so when he gives something, even if it's of equal value, uh, as Cain, his older brother, who's got all this, um, all these things handed to him. Because of who Abel is, God had more regard for his sacrifice than for Cain's. Now Cain, again, kind of this privileged, you know, not a bad person yet, just he gets stuff. He's got the privilege of being firstborn. Maybe he's really good looking too, and um, he's got a stable. Uh, profession of of tilling the land, um, and God and and Cain knows that God doesn't have as much regard for Cain's sacrifice of of fruits and vegetables, and so he does what a privileged person does. He gets rid of the competition. He, he maybe he gets upset at Abel for something that Abel had so little to do with this fleeting vanity of a man um, who spends most of his time off, you know, chasing sheep, keeping them from getting away. Um, he doesn't like it. And what, all he knows to do is to get rid of the competition. And so God comes to Cain and offers him the opportunity to, um, to acknowledge what he's done. Um, and as the first person who's, who's killed somebody, he's kind of, he's the prototypical, um, murderer or killer. And I think he, um, when we think of killing and murdering, we should think of Cain. I think that's the point of this text. And for a lot of people, 
um, in the military who've who've had to kill people in battle or think they've killed people, um, they often feel as though they carry a mark. Um, Alvin York, oh, no, I'm sorry, um, uh, not Alvin York, uh, World War II um, Medal of Honor winner, um, is it Alvin York? No, Alvin York is World War I. Um, the, there's, uh, I'm having a brain fart, but um, World War II, Audie Murphy, um, he was the most decorated um, soldier of World War II. And he comes back and he, he gets into show business, um, but he wrote an autobiography. And in his autobiography, he said he felt as though his service left him with a brand. And a brand, he grew up in Texas. What he meant by a brand was that thing you put in the fire until it glows red and you brand the cows with this mark. It's an identification mark. You know which cows are yours by this brand and you can't remove it. I mean, the hair is burnt, but I'm sure it goes down to the skin probably. And Audie Murphy felt that his service was a brand, a mark, like Cain's mark, that everybody could see and know uh, what happened? And that mark, it was thought, and I, I thought it as well, was a mark of kind of like shame, like public acknowledgement of something that you don't necessarily want to be publicly acknowledged. You want to keep it hidden. This fact that you've killed people or have probably killed people. Um, and Cain's worried about that. And when I first read Genesis, I thought the same thing about Cain's mark as, as Audie Murphy's brand that people will see him and, and want and will hate him or will look down on him or treat him less than human, you know, no, no more than they treated Abel, um, than Cain treated Abel. And the fact of the scripture is that it's actually a mark of protection. The curse is that he will no longer be able to produce as much as he once did uh, through farming. He's going to become a metal worker. And he's going to wander for a very brief amount of time, all of three or four verses. So God's promise or God's curse was very short-lived. Or, well, the curse of wandering at least was. Um, He never became a farmer again. But it's only after this discourse that Cain says, it's too much. Um, You know, I'll I'll never be a farmer again. I'm going to wander, apparently, I don't know how long. Um, And you'll never, I'll never see your face again, God. Um, And, by the way, everybody will see me and want to kill me because I've killed my brother. And God says, no, I'm going to give you a mark so that nobody who who sees you is able to kill you. Um, And the the point of the the mark is um, protection, even if it might be humiliating as well. Um, Because that that was the lesson of the sacrifice is that it's, it's the kind of person that you are when you give that makes a difference to God. What kind of person are you? And how you give and what you give is reflected in that. In our, our scripture from Hebrews, God, Jesus, it's going over, you know, it's using the, um, the, the status that Jesus had as high priest over all Israel and all of humanity um, to make the same point. And we hear it elsewhere that that Jesus, even though he was God, he didn't grasp a God-like status. We hear it here again as well. Although Jesus was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And having been made perfect, only then did he become the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. So 
Jesus is God's sacrifice. And Jesus sacrifices as well. Jesus sacrifices his own life. God sacrifices the life of his son. And it's the kind of things these two are. God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit are not the kind of things that take people for granted. They're not the kind of entities that are incapable of empathy, that are so privileged and high up that they, they, they simply don't understand why they don't continue to just get shit handed to them. That's the kind uh, of love uh, that the Father and the Son have for us. That's the kind of love and the kind of uh, people that we are called to be as Christians. One of the uh, um, central elements of our faith, characteristics of our faith, is whether or not we are humble enough to empathize with others to see their needs as equally valid as ours. Um, and I, uh, the, you know, it doesn't matter what we've done so much as the person that we become, the, pre- the, the, the person that we are when we sacrifice, when we give to others. Because there's a lot of soldiers who sacrifice, who, who want to make it known that they sacrifice for others. Um, and that's not the kind of people that God calls us to be. Furthermore, that's not the kind of soldier that the military wants to produce. These kind of look at me, give me thanks kind of people. That's not the kind of God that that God is. That's not the kind of soldier or person that God wants to to um, create and and to uh, uh, to you know kind of share off into the world. The kind of people that we are called to be is humble and empathetic, and God in Christ gives us a perfect example of that. A prayer for quiet confidence from the Book of Common Prayer. O God of peace, who has taught us that in returning and rest we shall be saved, in quietness and in confidence shall be our strength. By the might of your Spirit, lift us, we pray, to your presence, where we may be still and know that you are God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling in to First Formation, where HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation slash support. You can sponsor Morning Prayer for Pew Pew People with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a weekday lectionary reading yourself and sending it to me to be included in an episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts will be provided to you directly, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in First Formation in this or any way. Finally, and most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a recording app of your choice. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously, if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in morning prayers for pew-pew people. 
I hope you'll continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.